0: Welcome to Temples of Technology with the California Business Incubation Alliance, where we take you inside leading incubators and accelerators supporting startups of every shape and size. Now we turn to our host in our Northern California headquarters, Matt Gardner, founder of the California Technology Council.
1: Thanks, Rachel. We have a terrific conversation for you with Marla Evans at GSV Labs. But before we turn to that, we're excited to tell you about a new option for you to engage with us. CTC is now on Patreon which means that anyone can show support for these podcasts by becoming a supporter there. Look for us at patreon.com slash council Now, just before we get to today's episode, here's a word from our sponsors at Nixon Peabody. Nixon Peabody LLP. We see 21st century law as a tool to help shape our client's futures. For more information, please visit www.nixonpeabody.com. Hi. This is Kylie Lee, Head of Relationship Management at the California Technology Council. Your focus should be on getting your business flying, not on the nuts and bolts of administering the details of a startup. That's why we've created a portfolio of startup essentials. Our members receive discounts on the typical products and services that eat up hundreds of hours of time for every startup, from searching for providers to haggling over retail prices. By building volume across the thousands of companies, we've established discounts on many of the things every startup needs. Your time has value. Put it back to work on what matters most, getting your products to market. Learn more at www.californiatechnology.org slash memberbenefits. Thanks for that, Kylie. Great job as always. And thanks again to Scott Horwath for the Fantastic piano track you're hearing in the background. Now, let's uh, turn our attention to today's episode a conversation with Marlon Evans at GSV Labs. GSV Labs is a little different than a lot of other accelerators that are in the Bay Area landscape. This one is uh, kind of a a hotbed of uh, programs from all over the world. Here's our conversation with Marlon. On this episode of Temples of Technology,
2: we're talking with Marlon Evans, the CEO of GSV Labs. Marlon, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, GSV Labs has a a unique background and history. Can you tell us, Marlon, uh, what makes GSV a unique platform and uh, and what's different about your approach
0: to acceleration? Yeah, so we're not the traditional accelerator kind of incubator model where – We have set cohorts of of startups that are cycling through on a, you know, a three-month or or six-month basis. We really try to be kind of that bridge for startups that are potentially coming out of many of those programs and then thinking to themselves, you know, now what? Now how do I – Scaled my business from three employees to ten employees or for one million in revenue to ten million in revenue, so we really try to fill that niche in the market for startups that are in that seed to uh, to series A phase and really help accelerate their development
2: so that must also mean that the kind of service and support that you provide, even the infrastructure that you provide has to look a little different than the uh, light and and loose accelerators that are that are out there in the ether. Uh, how different is your support platform?
0: Yeah, so we t- we try to really meet our startups exactly at their at their needs in terms of sitting down with each of them, doing a a full full diagnostic, and really trying to determine what is that one or two triggers that's going to get them to that next stage of of development and we do try to kind of you know eliminate all of the other potential you know blocking and tackling that might you know might get in the way so you know they can scale up and scale down in terms of the number of their employees that they have on on site, we have a you know a very flexible kind of month-to-month um, kind of rental uh, rental policy, as well as you know really trying to you know determine from a you know an infrastructure standpoint what are their needs. So we have a full you know IT you know infrastructure here, and and really try to create um, an ecosystem around these startups of mentors, advisors, you know, professionals who have very specific. You know, expertise across finance and legal, and 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 you know, kind of the key operations of the of the organization. You know, to the point where you know the founders and their teams can really just be heads down about improving their product and 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 determining the best way to to scale their efforts, rather than having to. You know, really, you know, uh, spend a lot of, of mental energy and kind of human resource to to things that if we can, you know, shorten the you know the time span from when they have a, an issue to when it's resolved. We think we've we've done our part.
2: So you mentioned that uh, part of your target universe is uh, going to typically be those coming out of other accelerators. When do you find is the best time for for companies to come to you? Is it? After they've got an MVP or a prototype, or uh, is there a limit to that uh, the, the kind of timeliness of that introduction to GSV? Yeah,
0: no, I think I think that's exactly right. I think you know the MVP, you know, some seed funding, some you know um, momentum at their back in terms of you know market market validation. Um, you know, less so just getting started. You know, working through their through their business plan, and, and we've just found that it's it's a lot easier for us as a um as a company to really add the value that our mentors and programming you know really aims to deliver if the companies have some um like i said some basis and foundation for um you know for really growing their business because what we don't want to do is obviously you know put them in front of folks or give them access to programming that they're just it's not you know, relevant to them, and and what we found from startups who were coming to us from from other programs, they said, "Hey, it was great experience." You know, not all of the material that was presented was really relevant for me, based on where I was at in my um, in, in in our journey as a as a company. And we really wanted to flip that script. So if it was you know ninety percent was was irrelevant and ten percent was relevant. you know we wanted to flip it so that you know the majority of what their the services and the programming that they're getting from us is is meeting a, a a real felt need
2: so one of the things that uh that you guys have uh, done to uh, occupy a different space in the market is really focus on a lot of early stage companies coming into California to try and uh become a part of what is unique about. It. You know the things that happen in Silicon Valley, so uh, can you talk about that little piece of your legacy and how it's uh, evolved over time to where you are now
0: yeah, so the you know the G in in GSV stands for global and and we really as as many do don't feel like Silicon Valley has the market cornered on on innovation, so we want to make sure are getting exposure and um, are in touch with companies from all over the all over the globe who are either looking to use GSV labs as a a um, you know a headquarters for their u s you know operations maybe it's just a you know kind of a satellite in office so when they're in town they're able to have a have a home base from which to you know to really drive their drive their business but we're you know completely agnostic as to you know the, the the where these companies are coming from and um, and their you know their particular plan for how they plug into the market what's most in, you know important you know to us is that you know just for our domestic companies they're at the right stage of development and they really um, can take advantage of the resources that we have to offer and because we're not Silicon Valley is currently our own only location we have been partnering with other groups that have this as their kind of key mission which is helping companies both domestically and internationally enter into the kind of the US market and and really kind of understand how to do business here in Silicon Valley so we call them kind of our you know affiliate you know partners who are really helping to drive you know some of those companies our way, and we partner with them because they're offering many of these same services. So we don't want to be duplicative in that sense. Um, so we work with each of these kind of uh, third third parties to, you know, figure out how can GSV Labs add the most value to the experience of these companies, which for many of them is more the traditional, just because of the way visas and other things work, is the more traditional kind of three to six month market or, or um, time frame. So we have to figure out how we can be really hyper, you know, specific during that time to make sure that they're getting the most out of their, their time with us. So
2: do you find that most of those offshore case studies are, or, you know, entrepreneurs are coming to you to support their fundraising activities in market, or is it more of a market entry strategy by the time they get to you?
0: I think it's a little bit of both. I, I would say that the the biggest challenge that we've found is there's, there's not enough pre-work done prior to these companies, you know, coming over, just to make sure that they're actually ready for this um, this opportunity. And so you end up spending a lot of that first month or so that they're here, really just kind of getting them up to speed. And I think a lot of that education could happen in advance of of them coming here, and it would make for a much more robust experience. So we've we've been exploring how can we be helpful in that process and, you know, is there some virtual kind of program that we could offer that would, you know, really allow them to hit the ground running here. But it, to your to your question, it is really about fundraising and then kind of market penetration are the two key, key pieces of, of why people are coming.
2: But it also sounds like you're still learning from what your customers are telling you
0: absolutely i mean we we have to make sure that we're nimble and I think that's the real value add that we have as a as a company is that we're not kind of set into one specific uh, mode of operations you know you know all law kind of that cohort you know type model we can we can you know pretty much kind of move and um, and be very nimble depending upon what is being um, what the end goal is and I think that's as you mentioned turning learning is really getting an understanding up front what is the anticipated you know roi and making sure that we can you know deliver on that because we're what we know is that we can't be all things to you know to everyone, so you know figuring out this this understanding the stage of, of company that's most successful, you know, here, and then making sure that we have the, you know, the programming and services to support that.
2: Another example of the, the asset that make you unique is the facility that you have. And if you kind of average out incubators around the country, you'd find, you know, probably a an average facility that might be 30 to 40,000 square feet with lots of broken out, uh, you know, open desk space and, and shared spaces, and, and even in the case of a lot of biotech incubators, very small, uh, subdividable wet labs. Uh, right. Your facility is is pretty spectacular in the sense that there's lots of hoteling going on there, including for other groups that are accelerating their own cohorts. So can you talk about that, uh, that facility and what a unique uh, kind of gathering point it is?
0: Yeah, no, we are extremely blessed to have 72,000 square feet from which to really – chart out what we think is the ideal work environment for startups that are ready to grow, ready to accelerate their development, ready to grow the number of employees that they have and and really build out their teams. And because you have that, we have so much, you know, space, companies can grow, you know, we can grow with those companies. So they can go from three to ten employees and not have to worry about, you know, transitioning to, uh, to a new space. We have um, event facilities. So if they're looking to, you know, host a meetup or, you know, really do a, a market, you know, promotion around a product, they can do it at our, at our space. We have an on-site. You know, fully equipped, you know, green screen studio. So if they want to film, you know, um, video and um, uh, promotions, they can do that on site and not have to, you know, worry about booking something, you know, weeks, you know, weeks in advance. And and I think as a result, having over 150, you know, startups be a part of that community and over, you know, 500 people who are who are in the the building and, you know, hundreds of others that are coming through on a daily basis to to visit, it creates an amazing, you know, energy and and atmosphere. And that's what we've heard, you know, loud and clear from our communities. They just like the, you know, the, the feeling of coming to work every day, knowing that not only are they trying to build out their businesses, but they're alongside, you know, 149 other, you know, companies that are trying to do the same thing and the, cross-pollination that happens and the serendipitous moments at the cooler and finding out, oh, you're working on this, and, you know, that's all apparent at other um, accelerators. But when you have this kind of uh, density of, of people and activity, I think it, it makes for an even more special environment.
2: Now, there are many things that make GSV Labs unique, but on on another side of a firewall, there is a an index fund uh, being run by uh, some of our old friends from the financial community. So, how does that contribute to the kind of ecosystem around GSV Labs, or is it totally separated and distinct?
0: No, I, I think it's it's a part of who we are. Um, we are a part of a larger ecosystem within uh, within GSV that has um, an investment fund, and advisors, and financial, you know, services. And I think as as such, our our startups are able to, you know, to benefit from that and have access to the investor, you know, community. And we can help, you know, facilitate a lot of that, um, a lot of opportunities on behalf of our, of our startups and make sure that when they're, again, when they're ready, that they have the, the resources and they have the kind of the knowledge and the know-how to then take advantage of those. Of those opportunities, so we we think that piece of being tied into a, an investment, you know, community that's not, um, you know, a, a couple phone calls away, but is you know literally directly in line with what we're trying to accomplish at GSV Labs. That we've created a really nice, you know, continuum for our for our startups where they're coming into us and that kind of seed to Series A round we're really helped, you know, driving some of that development. And then they're now in position to go out to some of the more institutional and in- that can take them the rest of the way.
2: So, Marlon, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think at the moment you're focusing on three or four industries. Is that for the calendar year or is it a kind of medium-term focus? How does that evolve over time?
0: Yeah. So, and then we didn't, you know, touch on this earlier, but um, we transitioned to having a really laser focus across four verticals: uh, sustainability, mobile, big data, and ed tech. And, and the reality is, as we've learned um, over these last, you know, eight months or so, sustainability and ed tech are are truly verticals in the sense that we can build out kind of tailored, you know, programming and 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 have specific you know, offerings that are unique to those um, industries. But mobile and big data really feeling more like horizontals or, you know, in the infrastructure behind everything that's you know, that's happening. So we're, you know, really thinking through how do those labs, you know, develop and is it more, you know, focused around kind of specific um, uh, entry points like, you know, AI or virtual reality or or FinTech um, or, you know, you kind of name it, you know, IOT. Um, and are we going to have to get a little bit more specific as we think about mobile and big data and how those two things kind of play play together? But it's been a really exciting time here because as we've built out these labs and built out this, this ecosystem to support them, you know, investors and mentors and, and, and advisors in these particular areas, we're just seeing a lot again of this this cross pollination that's happening across the the verticals to where our you know, ed tech companies are really having to you know understand well how are they going to use data to drive you know learning outcomes and and I think that type of, of blurring of the of the labs I think ultimately is going to lead to an even better product down the road and I think we're actually going to get even more. Um, specific in in tailoring some some tracks in each of those areas as as we see the industry rally around things like you know VR and and IoT.
2: So those are really interesting spaces to be in, especially when you have IoT influencing every industry from home builders to traffic administrators. So uh, you know I guess I want to ask you about that a little bit more, because you're, you're, again, in such a unique position, and yet you see the proliferation of all these Fortune 500 accelerators being set up as freestanding independent shops. Mm-hmm. But you've got, a, a again, a unique combination or a unique set of assets. Uh, what what do you see in that landscape of, of, again, this kind of widening circle of accelerators showing up in California uh, from really unusual or non-traditional tech uh, sponsors, and what does GSV do to approach those questions differently to support your corporate innovation clientele?
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you asked about our corporate partners because I haven't haven't spoken to that, but we really do see that as the other, you know, kind of key leg to the to the stool which is, you know, making sure that our startups have, and kind of vice versa with our corporate partners, they have line of sight into what the the needs are and kind of the, the the pain points are, both on the innovation side and the startup community, and then also on the on the corporate side as they look to make sure that they're staying ahead of the head of the curve. So, what we've done in that in that area is set up these partnerships across our. Of corporate community, I'll use an example. Intel has eight ed tech companies that they put inside of kind of creating an accelerator within our accelerator that they're really, you know, focused on that are using data to drive, uh, drive improved, improved learning outcomes. And through that process, Intel is able to really get a, a good sense of what the startup community is doing in that space and hopefully those are our technologies and, and companies that will use, you know, Intel kind of as the back end as they as they grow. And then for our, our startups they get to gain access to this fortune, you know, one thousand global multinational company and make those type of connections and gain, you know, real guidance as to how they could Potentially tweak or pivot their their programming to meet an, an even you know larger marketplace among among enterprise. So this you know synergy, this ecosystem that has corporate you know, partners as a as a key ingredient to that just allows GSV Labs to be this platform that connects and provides you know real time opportunities for companies both big and and small that are looking to you know figure out how do they plan for the next five years and the next 10 years. And I, and I think from from our perspective, the technology companies that are already within Silicon Valley, I think they get it. Um, because that's their their job is to be in, in that space and, and, and really driving innovation from a technical perspective. It's really the companies that don't consider themselves technology companies that we think are the ones that will gain the most benefit from, you know, plugging into our, our platform. So if a, a bank institution is looking to figure out how do I, you know, go mobile, how do I make sure that my – my offerings and services are at the fingertips of of their clients. That's not a traditional, you know, play for them, but they're going to need to figure that out before, you know, before too long, or they're going to get, you know, passed by. So that's where we're we're seeing our our value add is is helping both our technology and kind of you non know, technology corporate partners gain line of sight into into um, Industries and opportunities that can really help drive their their businesses
2: so you mentioned the the medium term horizon there. can we talk about that for a second? because I think we're we're right now seeing of course a, a cycle that's bringing a lot of new entrants to town to open up their own new accelerators. but as I'm sure you've seen, some of them don't even make their third year, right so they come for a couple of years, and either the CFO or the head of r and d at the headquarters uh, changes direction, or you know, gets falls under pressure from, you know, a uh, uh, you know a Wall Street point of view. Whatever the case may be, we've certainly seen a, a small group that has not made it through, you know, a medium range uh, uh, survival. So how does, you know, your your approach could help some of those kinds of clients de-risk their approach yeah. by moving it inside GSV? Can you talk about how you would help a? A Fortune 500 or a Global 1000 company, look at that to to maybe take some of the risk out of that in a medium term sense.
0: Absolutely, and that those are the conversations that we've been you know, having. Just saying, there's there's probably a um, a middle ground between understanding. Gosh, we need to be ahead of the innovation curve. We have to set up our own accelerator. Let's go to the heart of Silicon Valley and hire a bunch of people and 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 grow it to. Well, what is it exactly that we're trying to, you know, accomplish? Is there a, a step prior, before launching our own operations, where we can plug into an existing platform and allow us to gain a better understanding of the of the market and the and the opportunities? So, we we have that conversation, you know, literally on a you know on a daily basis with our with current partners and potential partners to just you know let them know that there's really a few you know kind of key ingredients that you need in order to be successful and that's kind of an understanding of the network access to the startups and then you know prior to that really understanding of what is it that what's your goal what are you trying to accomplish and I and I to get get concerned that sometimes i think there's this knee-jerk reaction of of trying to keep up with everybody else and then just pulling the trigger and spending a lot of, of resources as they're really trying to determine what they're hoping to accomplish only to learn in the end gosh there was there was probably a um, you know a uh, a lower cap intensive Way of of accomplishing accomplishing this same same end. So we we talk a lot about working with the corporations to understand what it is exactly they're trying to accomplish. Then kind of taking them, we call that the define phase, and then we take them into the kind of the the drive phase, which is really thinking about connecting the right um, people, whether that be startups or or kind of subject matter experts, to really you know flesh out the the opportunity. And then there's kind of this disrupt phase of okay, let's let's try to figure out how we would you know make all of this this work, which could include bringing some of the the startups that they are, that they have identified in that um, define phase, ones that can that are solving some of the issues that they're looking to tackle, bringing them in house to GS the labs and putting them through kind of this three to six month type acceleration period, very similar to what we're doing with the, the companies that Intel is sponsoring. So uh, we've talked about a lot of the
2: things that make up your ecosystem. So uh, can we back up a step and talk about what that would look like if you were an ed tech startup coming into GSV labs? Uh, what's their experience like uh, as, a, as a customer, so to speak?
0: yeah so they they sit down with each of our labs has a general manager who's a, a well experienced subject matter you know expert in the case of you know of of ed tech you know years of of industry experience in that vertical we sit down with them, understand what their short term and long term goals are, set specific milestones from a month to month. You know, perspective, and then check in with them on an ongoing basis. We, you know, commit to making sure that in each of those months that they're being introduced to the to our mentor community and our investor and uh, corporate community that is relevant, you know, to them, and and making sure that they have access to uh, access to those resources. And then, in the case of you know ed tech, we have a lot of very specific programming around. You know, um, different public policy regulations, obviously dealing with with students and the uh, public schools. That there's uh, some requirements that they have to fulfill around FERPA and other other things. There's the big for them um, value is getting their product in, in the hands of of users, whether that be students or teachers or. Or parents, so we have a product, you know, placement program that we um, that they're uh, engaged in, so that they can get some real-time feedback on their on their products. So there's there's a lot that is um, um, entailed in in being a, a community member, and it's it's become such a great uh, um, kind of value add for our for the members of uh, of our labs that we're starting to see even ones that aren't able to be here physically wanting to plug in on a virtual basis just so that they have access to those um, resources even if they can't um, access them face to face to face. So we feel like that's the true mark that what we're building here and the ecosystem that we're uh, attempting to um, uh, to grow is delivering on what we what we hope it does if seeing community members who who can't can't even be in this you know physical space which we think as we mentioned I mentioned earlier we think is 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 one of a kind but are still wanting to to plug into the community
2: so you know uh we've talked about some of the industry sectors that you're focusing on but I do want to ask you about what you're seeing in sustainability it seems like um there's a market that maybe dipped a little bit, and, and yet with uh, everything from energy storage now to systems, uh, that we're seeing a bit of a comeback. Are you seeing that in the, in the kind of earlier stage company environment for yeah. energy and sustainability?
0: Absolutely. I, I think as we move away from kind of these very cap-intensive hardware um, infrastructure plays and more into the clean tech kind of software, market, investors, and and startups are starting to, you know, understand that it, it's not, it this not necessarily have to be a, a you know, a five-year heavy in, investment-laden model, but that you can have the same type of, of growth and opportunities that you're seeing in, in other sectors. So we're seeing a real revival in this. In this market um, around energy efficiency and water and and especially as we start thinking about IOT and sensors and and just the more data that's going to be out there, we see another wave happening within the sustainability market that I think is going to is going to allow more of the you 're going to see just more activity startups getting in involved and in, and ones obviously that need to have a real kind of science behind what they're trying to accomplish, but it's just not going to take five, 10 years to, you know, to go to market and hundreds of millions of dollars to, you know, to build enough wind farms or whatever the case may be in order to be successful. Or we can leave the wind
2: farms up to the large cap industrials and try and take out some middleware on the way. Right. Correct. Uh, so, Marlon, we like to give our guests a time machine. So you mentioned that you came on board with GSV Labs about eight months ago. If you could hop in that time machine and go back and tell yourself something about what you're about to go through in, in creating this kind of focus for GSV Labs and all the uh, issues that you're going through with all your clients and the kind of startup rate that you're seeing and their investments, all the kind of services you're trying to offer, what might you tell yourself if you only had ten seconds to tell yourself one
0: thing? Oh, wow. Um, I think it would be the focus on the team and how important it is when you're trying to make as much change as we've, we've done over the last, you know, eight years that you, you can't go wrong by investing in the people who are helping to, you know, to make that happen and making sure that you have the right people on the bus and the right seats in order to be successful. Wow, you you might have actually made the ten second limit there <laughs> I've thought about that a few times <laughs> that's great uh,
2: okay. Another thing that we like to ask uh, uh, folks like yourself who are in these kinds of leadership roles but also have to be entrepreneurial and continuously innovate is what keeps you up at night worrying about uh, you know what's going to happen with GsV or what might be next? what keeps you
0: up all night? I think it's really our the This transition that we've made to being less of a, I would say, a real estate play where we were basing our business model on just sheer volume of the number of of startups that we have in the building to this more value-add proposition of making sure that the quality of of the startups in here is of the level that our Mentor community is going to want to be involved. Our investor community is wanting to be involved, but in particular, our corporate community is going to want to engage because ultimately, for our you know business model to work, we need to be able to show that we are able to kind of excavate more you know value out of having these 150 companies in the building than just kind of the great vibe and an atmosphere that we've created. We we really need to show that there's a a um, an ROI for a company that wants to gain access to that and have have line of sight into it and and while we've been starting to gain some traction in that space it, it's still a, an unknown for us it's it's uncharted territory so for me we've we've placed a, a pretty significant you know bet that this is the that the market is telling us that this is something that um, that they need and there's we can add value there Ultimately, how that plays itself out is is what keeps me up at night.
2: Gotcha. So our last question for you is uh, another one of these uh, questions that we love to ask uh, entrepreneurs and leaders. And that is, who's your first call, the call to the bullpen that you make when you find yourself in a, in a pickle or you need help in the middle of the night? Marlon, who's your call to the bullpen?
0: Yeah, so I have one um, mentor – um, his name is Ronnie Lott. He was a you know, Hall of Fame football player for the for the 49ers, and he's kind of been over the last you know 15 years my uh, my my first call as I've been transitioning through different roles in my in my career, and just gives you know, really sound advice, and um, you know gives me a kick in the in the pants when I need it, but then also um, you know understands that. Uh, there's a lot of um moving pieces when it comes to to running um g s v labs and and the and the, the vision that we that we have here so ronnie is my my first call to the bullpen
2: uh Marlon, I think you win an award there that that might be the most unique answer we've had, and nobody else has a football hall of famer to call
0: <laughs> yeah and i and I feel you know really blessed that, that it's that I do have that accent, but it, it's, um, it's one of those interesting, relationships where you, you know, you find yourself, um, you know, connected to somebody who obviously has had a, a great influence on, on many different industries, not just, uh, football. And you just, you realize how the world just gets, you know, smaller and smaller as a, you know as a result of that so um i'm i'm hopeful at some point down the road although i won't have the the hall of fame credentials to back it up that i could be that similar type call for for others who are who are looking to uh make a difference in their careers well
2: you know it's clear to me that the california business incubation alliance needs a hall of fame just to help you with that right (laughs) (laughs) that would be great uh, you know, it's interesting too. I mean, this is a complete sidebar, but there is a, a pattern in that particular group of 49ers from the yes. 80s and 90s. Brent Jones, I know, is an investor, and there are quite a few venture capitalists among them. That's a it's an interesting and a very unique characteristic.
0: Yeah, they they were just so smart about okay, we're in this environment. What can we learn? And I this is definitely a sidebar. But as you as you think about you know athletes. In general, as or entertainers, they they have a pretty short shelf life, and and while it's it's all kind of rainbows and unicorns in in the beginning, you know, five years into it or six years or if you're lucky, ten years, you're you're done. So you're in your early thirties, and and then what? Um, and I think what that group in particular, Ronnie, Brent. Uh, Joe Montana, Brent Jones, I'm oh, sorry, um, Harris Barton, they all realized that, gosh, I, let me let me take advantage of the fact that I can pretty much get a meeting with anybody in all of Silicon Valley with, during those glory days and, you know, talk to to some of these, you know, legends of industry, the John Doors of the world and the Larry Cincinis and and pick their brain. And they just were really you know, smart about it and created those relationships and have just built them from there. Well, it does tell you that uh,
2: we're not the only ones who realize how lucky we are to live here in what basically is Florence in the time of the Renaissance. Right. Right. Absolutely. Our guest today has been Marlon Evans. Marlon, again, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me thanks again to Marla Evans at GSV Labs, and to our sponsors at Nixon Peabody, as well as to Kylie Lee on the CTC team, and to Scott Horwath for the outstanding soundtrack. We want to hear from you, so email us at podcast at californiatechnology.org, and be sure to take a minute to subscribe to our podcasts on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes. You can find us by searching for CA Tech Council on any of those platforms. And we invite you to join the California Technology Council. You can learn more at californiatechnology.org slash join. If you'd like to support these podcasts, this is just a reminder. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash council. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: Temples of Technology is produced in Northern California by the California Technology Council.